I think that what is challenging is building community and really building a company that supports and engages those who are performing the service and cares for them. And that is something that we are doing and that allows us to scale because without that, it's very difficult to create the level of care that is required to have a good piercing outcome. You're listening to Retail Remix, your inside access to candid conversations with the people shaping retail's future. Here's your host, Alicia Esposito. All right, everyone. I am so excited to introduce today's episode because this is a brand that I have been keeping an eye on over the past year, Rowan. And we have the company's founder and CEO, Louisa Schneider, on the line with me today. I always love hearing about brands that are bringing new products and new services to market and frankly have really fun branding and are rethinking the way they show up in the world. I love sitting down with founders to really understand what drives them, what inspired them to start the business, and how they are going from building the brand to helping it grow and scale. Louisa was super transparent, sharing her thoughts on their particular space, which is ear piercing, what was missing in the market, how they went about getting funding and buy-in, not just from investors, but also the entire market, including consumers, and what they're bringing to the table that is so different from the shops and kiosks that we see in our typical mall experience. It is very fascinating to hear how they They are investing in people, in services, and product to really bring their promise to life. Listen in. You'll see what I mean. Louisa, thank you so much for taking the time to join me today. It is great to meet you. Likewise. Thank you, Alicia, for having me. So let's start with the origin story, because anytime I have a founder on the line, I love to hear about what inspired them to start the business. So what inspired you to start Rowan to begin with? So my background is mostly finance. So I was not an entrepreneur prior to Rowan. And I had worked in investment banking and sales and trading and at a hedge fund, always in retail and consumer. So always thinking about the consumer. And when I was working at this hedge fund, I was also a new mom of a baby girl. And I was studying malls. And at the time, we were very negative on malls. We were actively shorting brick and mortar malls. And I was therefore studying the retailers that lived and breathed and paid rent to those mall REITs. And one of them stood out to me because in spite of being in some of the worst malls in America, this retailer continued to drive foot traffic and it was a mall-based piercer. And what I realized is there wasn't really anywhere else to go. And so even though the space that that retailer inhabited was less than ideal, and many of the customers who went there to get pierced said it was the only time in their life they'd ever gone to a mall, that's where they went because there simply wasn't anywhere else to go. And so I started doing a little research. My sister is an OBGYN, and she works out in Denver. And she said half of her patients end up asking her, where do I get my my daughter's ears pierced when the time comes? And, And many of them want to do it in the hospital. And they don't do it in the hospital. And from her standpoint, the only place that she knew to send them was the mall. 
So I started talking to her and family and thinking about my own daughter and what I wanted her experience to be. And I knew that I wanted it to be very safe, ideally with a medical professional involved. But I also wanted it to be joyful because as a parent, and especially coming out of COVID, I think we can all appreciate we don't want to minimize those little celebrations in life because they're so important. I wanted it to not be at the pediatrician, just like another vaccine. And so I did my research and there wasn't anything that was super safe that prioritized safety, but also prioritized celebration. And so that really was the genesis of Rowan. I love that. So you successfully really dug right deep into the opportunity, but also the pain point in your response, which I really appreciate because it's clear that that's what the Rowan brand was built upon, that the status quo way of doing things was always leaving a little bit something to be desired. I mean, I've had my experiences going to those stores and stands to get my ears pierced. And there's always like, it feels a bit, you know, not as personal, not as, like you said, celebratory, for lack of a better word. So I think, you know, digging into why that model was either broken or not where it could be or should be and outlining the business opportunity there. I mean, I would love to kind of dig a little bit deeper into that because I think the tie-in here is that you work with licensed nurses, like they're the ones who are doing the piercing, which I think is a very distinct value add. But how do you bring in the celebration and the fun and whimsy? Because I love your branding. I think it is it's so beautiful and also fun, but like there is a medical component here. So how do you kind of bring these two things together to create that business opportunity that you knew was there from the beginning? Yeah, a lot of amazing points all in there together. So I'll try to unpack that that amazing question. Really, I think that when we thought about brand and we thought about what Rowan would represent, for me, when I started thinking about the business, I realized in large part, men are the allocators of capital still today. Having worked in finance, there were not many women that were running hedge funds. There weren't many women at the top of financial institutions. And ultimately, men were really still driving that decision around where do we invest And what I realized about ear piercing and the businesses that were providing this service historically is that they hadn't been reinvested in. The biggest piercing companies had actually been taken private via LBO, and they were really used for the fact that they generated tremendous amounts of cash. They were levered up with a lot of debt, but they weren't reinvested in. And my perspective was perhaps this is because it's oftentimes perceived as a girl's service. It's good enough. And that really invigorated me to want to make it better because I very much am a feminist. I believe that women have been overlooked often in healthcare and we deserve excellent care and we deserve next generation level service for something that really is a medical procedure. So I think starting there, And then thinking about, to your point, how do we bring together something that is safe and medical, but also make it exhilarating and fun and joyful? And, you know, the opportunities on the market at a tattoo parlor, for example, many of them are quite safe, but there is not great oversight. It's invigorating. It's exhilarating to get pierced. But I think just like bungee jumping or jumping out of a plane, it's more exhilarating if you know that you are going to be caught and saved. Right. <laughs> it is more exhilarating <laughs> and easier to jump or easier to get pierced if you know that 
that it's safe and that the person who is performing the piercing has been trained on bloodborne pathogens and that everything is clean and sterile and they have phenomenal bedside manner. And so what we did was we sought out talent. And I'm over the moon to say that in the past year, we brought on, I think, one of the most talented brand executives in the world. Her name's Caroline DeLassa, and she was 13 years executive creative director at SoulCycle. She built the brand from zero studios to 99 studios. And there are a lot of similarities in that model and in ours in that the piercers at Rowan, the nurses are the stars of the show. And at SoulCycle, you had these incredible instructors and they were building community and they were building experience. And it was about much more than a bike in a room because the bikes in a room had existed well before SoulCycle, but they, they created something much more. And that's really been Caroline's mission. And it's been a tremendous just joy to watch her come in and work closely with our nurses, meet and get to know our customers and understand who they are and why they've sought out Rowan and, and what Rowan means to them. And then bring that to the fore with our branding and our studios, because we are growing our studios quite aggressively. And she's done that really successfully. So this is something that I'm continuing to enjoy watching and being a part of. Yeah. I'm glad you brought up your nurses kind of being the connecting points or the supporters of the communities, because we very much look at associates in the same light. But what I find interesting about Rowan's model and the fact that the nurses are the stars, as you said, is that obviously nurses, there's that element of trust and credibility to the experience. Like you said, knowing someone is going to catch you, so to speak. But then they're also helping bring the brands to life. So they have to have the bedside manner. They have to have the personality that an associate would have if you just went to like a normal boutique or, or retail store. So I want to dig into like how you're building and nurturing that community because a lot of executives obviously are thinking about how they're going to acquire and retain talent, how they're going to create a culture that gets people excited and want to be part of that community for the long term. So what does that look like for Rowan? And how are you trying to build that pipeline of not just qualified nurses, but ones that are ready to represent the brand in the way that you expect and you want? So I guess sometimes answering with a story is really helpful. I was recently out in Denver we were hiring a new studio manager for our Denver studio, and I like to meet everyone in person if I if I can. And I met with this manager who we ended up hiring. He's terrific. And I also went in and spent part of a day in our studio. And I got to know one of our nurses that was working that day. And it turned out that she and her husband had worked for us in our Target partnership down in Texas. They had worked in different Target locations where Rowan pierces. And they loved it so much that they had actually proactively relocated to Denver so that she could work full-time in our brick-and-mortar standalone studio. And I wanted to know, first of all, I was thrilled, but I wanted to know what she liked so much about Rowan that made her want to literally move her family in order to be able to work with us full-time. And she just talked about the joy of the experience and how this really married her wantingness to be creative and artistic, have more control over her schedule and her life, but also be a medical expert and professional and, and use her nurse training and kind of get out of what is a tremendously hierarchical and oftentimes negative environment in a hospital. And so I think we are doing something that is very joyful 
and it brings people together. People usually don't get pierced alone. They come with a friend, a family member, a group of people, and the joy is palpable and you're providing care. And piercings are sometimes done to celebrate a recovery from cancer, to celebrate moving on in life to celebrate some milestone. And these nurses are really the stars. They're the experts. They get leaned on. Where should I get pierced? How should I get pierced? With what should I get pierced? And then how do I take care of it? And our customers know that they can come back to our studios. They can reach out to us on our nurse helpline and they will get answers to that. I have been pierced everywhere from a who pierces standpoint, and I am very, very confident that we have the most caring, most attentive piercers in our nurses in the world. We take our time. We're not rushing, and we're making sure that you are happy with the placement, with the angle, with the product, and that it's piercing with perfection. And that really helps us stand out. And I think because we're placing such an emphasis on that, the nurses really love it. And also, I think they're getting paid very, very well for what they do. That's excellent. So because Rowan is really focused on creating these moments of celebration and in a way expression, right? Because you could say your piercings, how many, the the earrings that you use as a form of self-expression. So it seems like your target customer, quote unquote, could be pretty broad. But I mean, who exactly are you trying to reach with the brand or maybe you're finding that your audience is largely a certain group versus others. I mean, how does that kind of shake out for you right now? So we have said that we are piercing for all. And we've said that not proactively before we've had hundreds of thousands of customers, but after, because when I started Rowan, I was wrong. (laughs) You know, you're going to make a lot of mistakes as a founder. I made mistakes. I assumed that everyone got pierced around the age 10 10, 11, 12, which is when I got my ears pierced. But that wasn't the case. We have pierced 100-year-olds, 95-year-olds, 75-year-olds, a lot of babies. In some of our stores, our average age is mid-20s. In some of our age, our average age is baby up to 10 years old. And, And it changes. It changes by the month sometimes. So I think what we have said is that Rowan is for the young and for the young at heart. And we want to be able to service and take care of customers that prioritize safety and that want to commemorate this and have a really joyful experience. So how does that translate into your brand awareness and engagement strategy? Because you know you noted that you're gonna be opening more brick and mortar locations. You obviously have a great target partnership. So how do you kind of bring that mission to life or reach your audience in the most effective way possible? So we are really reaching out around milestones and our customers are experiencing milestones at many different points in life when they become a parent, marriage, birthdays, anniversaries, any sort of achievement. We are actively reaching out across all social platforms, and we're bringing this message of joy and celebration. Mental health and mental well-being is a big part of of really our core DNA, and I think it's really in sticking to that and being really consistent with that that we've been able to start building 
nice followings of great brand ambassadors and just building brand awareness across all of those areas. So let's get into the Target partnership and I guess in in a way how it differs or supports the standalone boutique experience that you're building and scaling. I would love to understand kind of like the nuance and strategy. So what Rowan, the brand experience looks like through the Target partnership what the plans are for expansion there, because honestly, I'm waiting for the day that I'm going to have a Rowan in my target. So what does that look like for you? (laughs) I love that. Yeah. I mean, I think that there's been a fair amount written on it recently, just generally the idea of what are retailers doing? What is the future of the retail experience? Is it metaverse? Is it how do you drive foot traffic? What does foot traffic mean? How are you engaging your customer? How are you encouraging them to come back with more frequency, et cetera? And so I think that ear piercing is something that you can't get online. Um, And if you actually want your physical ears pierced, you do need to go somewhere and do it. And so it creates foot traffic. So I am not surprised that I started talking about this. We raised some money. A few other companies emerged as well. And now we see a lot of retailers embarking on piercing because it does drive foot traffic. I think that what is challenging is building community and really building a company that supports and engages those who are performing the service and cares for them. And that is something that we are doing and that allows us to scale because without that, it's very difficult to create the level of care that is required to have a good piercing outcome. At the end of the day, you really want whoever's getting pierced to have a magical experience. And in order to do that consistently at scale, you have to take care of your team. And that's a tremendous job. And it has to be almost a singular focus of an organization. It cannot be an afterthought. So I think it's actually quite difficult to do this well. And I think that's one reason that our retail partner has been really mindful and has been really smart about working with us as a partner to bring this to life versus trying to do it on their own. And it's been for us great to have the ability to scale as quickly as it's allowed us to do and to learn. And I think what's different really is that at Target, we only pierce with an instrument, so with an earring, and we don't pierce all parts of the ear. In our studios, we pierce all parts of the ear and we pierce both with an earring or with a hollow needle. And those are two different experiences. We've worked very closely with the leading plastic surgeon at Lenox Hill, Dr. Charles Thorne, who's really known as kind of the ear guru. He, he has spent decades and decades working on ears and ear reconstruction and plastic surgery. And so in thinking about how we pierce, with what we pierce, we have really leaned on his learnings. But the big difference in the two experiences is that you're either in a full Rowan store and you have this option of both needle piercing or piercing with an earring, or you are in a Rowan pop-up kiosk with an amazing nurse and you're not experiencing needle piercing, but otherwise you're having a full Rowan experience. Oh, that's great. Thank you for calling out those, those distinctions. And I really appreciate the emphasis on intention and care with growth because, you know, obviously it's a vastly different space than say eyewear or apparel, but I, I feel like a lot of like D2C brands are facing this, I don't want to say reckoning, but like this moment of like, okay, we need to grow 
But obviously, in the cases of rapid growth, there are issues of profitability and, and whether that was, you know, scale at any cost. So I think having that intention and that thought process behind how you're growing and making sure your people are supported in that growth process is really important. So to that end, I would love to hear more about your growth goals for your standalone boutiques and really what you're bringing to that experience. So it's not just unique from, say, your partnership in Target stores, but also just from other possible competitors as well, because I'm sure there is going to be an expansion of this particular space. You even said retailers are venturing into piercings and, you know, it's it's vastly different. So how does that come to life through your standalone stores? So a couple of things. We are the only company that has prioritized safety in the way that we have by partnering with medical professionals. And by no means would Rowan espouse that a nurse, because she is a nurse, is trained to pierce ears. So we do a tremendous amount of training for piercing. And in the case of needle piercing, it takes a very long time to actually get trained to do it. And we have a whole team and a whole curriculum and a whole program around it. We've worked with Association of Professional Piercers members. We've worked with needle piercers who are not nurses. We've worked with professional needle piercers who are nurses to build this curriculum and this training. But again, it, it takes a lot of time and we're really proud of that. And our nurses who become trained and accredited are also quite proud of it. But it does lean heavily on a lot that they have learned and know already. So again, in a traditional needle piercing apprenticeship, you would be encouraged to do a, a Red Cross course on bloodborne pathogens. Nurses training around that is far and beyond that level, right? And these are important things because they're rare, but um, any sort of complication around that could be quite significant. So I think what we are hoping to do is when we dug in and read the research around ear piercing, we were startled and, and really disappointed to learn that upwards of 30% of piercings have a negative outcome. And if you talk to people, they will tell you, oh my God, I got my ear pierced at such and such place. It got infected. I had this horrible experience and then I had to get it redone or I had to get it sewn up. And we want to minimize that. That shouldn't be. It's traumatic and it's not necessary if it's done well. I think oftentimes at the point of piercing, there's not an issue, but it's in the aftercare where there's an issue. And so this is why Rowan has gone to tremendous lengths. We've brought on board an incredibly talented retail operator and product merchant in Linda Fisher, who was one of the first three executives at Kate Spade. And then she went on to build Francis Valentine with Elise Ahrens and then came to Rowan to really help us hone in and understand our product. And what we want to do is build a product base that's accessible from a price standpoint, but it's also safe in that it's hypoallergenic. We're not going to, we feel a responsibility to not sell our customers earrings that have brass or nickel or other highly irritating metal alloys in them. And so we're paying more for them, but we feel that that's the right thing to do because freshly pierced ears are healing for well into a year and they need to have really good, high quality, high hypoallergenic earrings in them. And so we focus on that. And that's something that we're able to, to showcase in our studios that when we're inside of another retail partner, we do not showcase. Obviously, these are available online in large part, but in our studios, tremendous opportunity to style 
and to experience and try on a lot of our jewelry that we make and design. That's great. Definitely a good distinction. I know I've had my fair share of experiences where I've gotten an ear piercing and I'm like, oh, wait, no, this is not healing right. Or no, I'm allergic to this metal. And it, it definitely not only is a little nerve wracking, right, because you have to take care of it, but it's also frustrating because you've paid for that service, you've paid for those goods, and it doesn't quite work out. So I do want to go back to an earlier point that you made around the potential for the business, getting funding. Obviously, we do speak to retailers and brands that are trying to get funding or are trying to find investors to help grow their business. As of October 2021, with your latest funding round, Rowan was valued at about $100 million. There is a path to growth here, which is super exciting. But I want to go back to what the process has been like for you in securing funding and how the mission or intention behind Rowan is resonating with potential investors, how that's maybe changed like from the beginning to as you know, your business has been gaining momentum and seen success. Were there any challenges that you had to navigate? And if so, how did you go about tackling those? Yeah, it's a great question. I think that so I was the oldest of three. And my younger sister, who is now <laughs> has definitely exceeded me in most every area. But when we were really young, she did follow me around quite a bit. And I remember my mom saying, a copycat is the highest form of flattery, Louisa. So <laughs> you should enjoy that. And I remember thinking, really? And what's interesting is I've been reading some articles lately, and I've literally seen words that I have written. And I actually went back to check that it is indeed the case in my first pitch deck that are now entire phrases around piercing being a milestone, et cetera, that are being spoken and quoted in articles by different people. And when I started this, there wasn't really this idea of reinventing the ear piercing experience. And the first many investors that I spoke to were interested, but they didn't see it as a big opportunity. It was always that the TAM was not large enough. And that was frustrating for me because it was very, very clear to me as a retail analyst that being able to bring to the fore an experience that was necessary in many ways, because there are so many people that feel culturally that piercing is a part of their identity. So they want, they need to get pierced and they need to do it safely. A necessary experience that had follow on repeat purchase activity afterwards that was very predictable. And to have the preeminent players in that market be really in significant disarray, that opportunity is pretty rare. <laughs> Typically, you, you have an idea, but there are already a lot of players where the market is quite saturated. In this case, there was truly an incredible opportunity. But I worked very, very hard to raise our, our seed round, had some tremendous support and investors in that group. Our Series A was by far the most difficult. It was in the height of COVID time. It was extremely difficult, very demoralizing to, to have these conversations over and over and to still not get where we needed to go. And I think that kind of proof is in the pudding now with, with more folks in the business and just with the achievements that we've been able to have as a company. And really just the feedback from our customers has been so incredible that when it works, even in challenging environments, you're, you're able to find investors who want to support you. And, but my advice to a founder would be maintain relationships with people who have supported you throughout your career. 
because if you've never built a business before successfully or at all, it's hard. And if you have worked with people in the past and they see you as someone who can be successful because you have been in other efforts, they're very likely to support you. And that was the case for me. And then also, you know, if you're really convinced about your idea and you can boil it down into something pretty simple, just keep believing in it because people will tell you that, that they don't see it. And that should just be the beginning of a conversation. So we are coming up at the end of our time, uh, Louisa. So I would love to get any sort of feedback or insight as far as what's next for Rowan? I mean, what are you prioritizing in your next stage of growth? I know we've talked at a high level about more boutiques and and what's on the horizon there, but are there any key trends that you plan to dig into? Any key priorities as you set your strategy for the next year or so? We're hoping to continue to grow our retail stores and we're seeing tremendous opportunity for that and building on our core jewelry collection and possibly bringing in some incremental services in the healthcare area around the year that our nurses are able to perform. So lots on the horizon, all very exciting, all very much specific to Rowan. We are just plowing ahead and thinking about what we do best and continuing to do that. That's great. And this may lead into my closing question for you. As I've noted during our conversation today, we do have a good amount of brand founders and and leaders that are really trying to prioritize growth and figure out what that looks like for them, doing so in an intentional way and a thoughtful way, and of course, an effective way for the business. And Rowan has been spotlighted for its incredible growth. You were on the Leeds Power list of high growth D2C brands that are reinventing and redefining the future of the industry, which is very exciting. So I, I guess my closing question for you is what have you kind of learned throughout this journey and what would be like a key takeaway or a key point of wisdom that you would maybe share with other founders and leaders that are thinking about what's next for their business, especially in this time of what many are saying is, is rapid reinvention and rapid change? Yeah, I think we just built a tremendous board and on our board, we have Tracy Gardner, who ran J. Crew and is on the board of The Gap and Crocs, Mike Buffano, who's the CFO of Allbirds, and Anna Bedell, who is the COO of Beauty Counter and is now one of the most senior female executives at Pepsi. And when I met Anna and, and interviewed with her, she said, you know, you've gotten to a point now, Louisa, where now your job is to empower your people to be successful. And I think that is incredible advice because you build a team of really talented people and your job as the founder and CEO becomes less about less about you and your vision certainly needs to be infused across the organization and you need to lead but you need to help all of those people be successful and do that by supporting them and and allowing them really to, to run with their ideas too and so i think for me in the past year that's been some of the most uplifting and helpful advice I love that. So timely. And I think a very evergreen point, especially now as we think about bringing the brand to life and, you know, how do you create meaning in customers' lives, not just when they're in the store or engaging with you directly, but all the time. It's definitely an interesting and critical point that I think a lot of leaders are thinking about right now. Well, Louisa, thank you again so much for taking the time out to speak with me. As, As I told you before we started recording, we've been keeping a close watch on the work that you are doing and the growth of Rowan. So it was a real pleasure to get the inside scoop from you. Thank you again so much for taking the time. Thank you, Alicia, for all your thoughtful questions. We really enjoyed it.
And to all of you, if you have any follow-up questions for Louisa about Rowan or any of the topics that we discussed today, we would love to keep the conversation going. So drop us a line on Twitter at our touchpoints or on LinkedIn at Retail Touchpoints. We'll be sure to bring Louisa in and get your questions answered. But for now, if you liked our conversation, please do leave us a rating or review on your preferred podcast player. We are on Spotify, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, frankly, anywhere else we are like there. We would love to hear from you. But for now, that is all for today. We will see you next week, everyone. Take care. Thanks for listening to this episode of Retail Remix. Be sure to subscribe so you never miss an episode. You can find us on your favorite podcast player. Until next time, keep mixing it up.